the lion of the tribe of Judah. Come on, we're going to be people who worship. Magnify, get out of the flesh. Get out of the aches and pains. Get out of the distractions. Get out of self. Magnify himself. We're going to magnify you, Lord. We're going to magnify you, Lord. We're going to exalt your name. We're going to exalt your name. Come, magnify the Lord with me. Exalt his name together. Come, magnify the Lord with me. Exalt his name together. Come on, worship him. Let's go.
whatever you want to and I will make room for you to do whatever you want to to do whatever you want to
like you've never worshipped. If you want the Lord to move in your life like he's never done before, you've got to worship in a way you've never worshipped before. How much do you want him? How much do you want just him? Just him. Church, shake it up. 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 God, we're going for you, God. We're going after you, God. Only you, God. I don't care what I look like. I don't care what I sound like. I just want you. I just want you, church. We just want him. We just want you. We're in love with you, God. We're in love with you, God. See, shake it up. Shake up the ground of all my tradition. Break down the walls of all my religion. Your way is better.
powerfully playing and leading us in worship is shake our religion. See, what religion does is it box God up to say you have to do it a certain way. You have to do it a certain way. And what we do when we box God, and it's interesting how easy that is. That easy it is, is my comfort zone is what religion has taught me. Listen, you're talk, I'm talking from the point of view of a person who's brought up in religion. I've never been in the world. Never. Not a day in my life. Not once. So I can speak to this and say, break off the religion. Break it off. Shake it off. Because it's not a powerful place for you to be. Because it's in the boat watching. It's not getting out and saying, I'm risking. I'm believing. Some of you right now, if this is, you know what? This is a breakthrough moment. When the Lord changed my name to mover and shaker, I thought it was just something I was saying. And the Lord's all, no, I'm shaking it. I'm shaking all of us. Come on, right now. Come on, right now. Those of us, it's more. It's, he's calling you into more, 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 more. Quit giving excuses. Quit giving reasons. Quit blaming. Say, you know what? You're right, Lord. i got to step out. You've given me that power. You've given me the authority. I'm stepping out of faith. I'm stepping out of faith. The increase is on my life. I'm not listening to what the world says. I'm not listening to what religion says. I am listening to your voice. Your voice who calls me out. You say, come, come. I'm maturing you now. I'm maturing you now. I'm maturing you now. I'm going to use you in a greater way. Step out. Step out. Step out.
the Lord was so pleased. He was so pleased that he said, you know what, I want them to be honored because when you say yes, you open a door. When you say no, it's too un- it's, I'm too busy, God. It's too inconvenient for me. It's too late, you know? I like to relax. When you say yes, you open a door for increase in your life. And the Lord wants you to know that. And also, I want you to know that there was a powerful shift in the atmosphere that happened on Friday night. Now, I didn't really know exactly what happened on Friday night. But I knew on Saturday a powerful shift had happened. There was such a breakthrough. The Lord, Pastor David and I felt like a truck ran over us. We we're like, man, what happened? What happened? I mean, it was a good truck. It was a good truck. <laughs> truck carrying all the blessings. Woo! You know, listen, when the Lord lays you out, that's okay, right? He did that to Daniel because, see, the fact is this. Um, when we are encountering spiritually, our body has to be buffeted, you know, submitted. So I was like, you know what? I said, David, something powerful, a shift, a shift happened. I know it for a fact. I can even feel it today. That's how I know a shift happened. For those of you... Especially for those of you, the Lord wants to honor you. And I'm going to read to you Isaiah, scripture in Isaiah. Some of you, see, a lot of times we think we say yes to God when we have it all together. Do you know what I mean? And everything's fine and dandy. When my family's, everybody's good, everybody's serving God exactly the way they should. We think that's when we say yes. That's, I'm not ready, but that's not when the yes has happened. You know, you say yes, and then God gives increase. You say yes, and then God starts doing stuff. I just want some of you need to know that. Some of you, the enemy has a lie that says, if you say yes, I'm going to totally destroy your family. I'm going to, see, that's a lie. If he's going to destroy your family, he's going to try to destroy it no matter what. Do you know what I mean? But the yes brings increase for you. Now I'm going to read to you. Isaiah 61, because what the Lord said to me about what we're doing here, we are an oak of righteousness that is being planted for the splendor of God in the earth. Pastor Dave and I received a lot of response from the nations, our partners and the nations of the impact that was going on. See, a lot of times we think we're just putting it out there, but the Lord, there is an impact there is an impact that also has trickle-down effects, has increased. So I'm going to read to you Isaiah 61. Then I'm going to pray over those of you that are standing because God has something special for you today. Isaiah 61. And this is over this house too. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed and commissioned me to bring good news to the humble and afflicted. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim release to the captives and freedom to the prisoners, to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance and retribution of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to grant to those who mourn in Zion the following, to give them a turban instead of dust, the oil of joy instead of mourning, the garment of praise instead of disheartened spirit, 
so they will be called. See, as a result of the Spirit of the Lord resting upon us, as a result of us proclaiming the word of the Lord, so they will be called the trees of righteousness, strong, magnificent, distinguished for integrity and justice and right standing with God, the planting of the Lord that he may be glorified. Then they will rebuild the ancient. This is what we're going to do. Then they will rebuild the ancient ruins. They will raise up and restore the former desolations and they will renew the ruined cities, the desolations of many generations. Listen, the desolations of many generations. Strangers will stand and feed your flocks and foreigners will be your farmers and your vine dressers. But you shall be called the priests of the Lord. People will speak of you as the ministers of our God. You will eat the wealth of nations and you will boast of the riches. Instead of your former shame, you will have a double portion. The Lord is giving those of you, especially those of you that said yes and you showed up. The Lord has given you a double portion. And instead of humiliation, your people will shout for joy over their portion. Therefore, in their land, they will possess double. Everlasting joy will be theirs. For I, the Lord, love justice. I hate robbery. And I will faithfully reward them and make an everlasting covenant with them. Then their offspring will be known among the nations. Some of you are worried about your children. And the Lord says, no, don't you worry. You believe me. Then their offspring will be known among the nations and their descendants among the peoples. And all who see them in their prosperity will recognize and acknowledge them that they are the people whom the Lord has blessed. I will rejoice greatly in the Lord. My soul will exult in my God. For he has clothed me with garments of salvation. He has covered me with a robe of righteousness. As a bridegroom puts on a turban. And as a bride adorns herself with jewels. For as the earth brings forth its sprouts. And as a garden causes what is sown in it to spring up. So the Lord God will most certainly cause righteousness and justice and praise to spring up before all the nations through the power of his word. Okay. Now, I just proclaimed that over you guys. Now, those of you that are standing, I just want you to receive. Those of you that aren't standing, you just bless those. You just bless those. You're, you're here for a reason too. You bless those. Those of you that are standing, the Lord just wants you to know that you did something and are continuing to do something very powerful. There's an increase in your life personally. You cannot outgive God. There is an increase. And right now, the Lord told me to tell you, I want you to ask of me. I want you to, right now, some of you have some things that you, the Lord says, I want you to ask of me. Right now, ask of him. Whatever is on your heart, whatever personal thing is on your heart, you know, whatever, he's saying, ask of me. He's going to release something so powerful. You could be asking for you. You can ask if some burdened on your heart, a blessing. so pleased and there is something there is a shift over this house that is more than we realize 
there is a rumble this is an epicenter the Lord's an epicenter this is an epicenter now I'm going to pray for you hopefully you asked Lord, so ask ask it's like well I didn't do it to ask the Lord didn't say you did <laughs> he didn't say that he said I want to pour out on you ask of me ask of me because I love you I love to bless my children I lavish upon them I love to lavish upon them alright now we're going to pray over you Lord I just pray for those who are standing that every one of them every one of them was a part of the breakthrough truly Lord you blew the top off of this house so that you can pour in greater measure you blew it off. You you repositioned us, Father. Truly, Lord, you repositioned. You put us in a place to declare and have authority in a way that it's never this house has never seen before. And Lord, we will we will care for that. We will protect that. We will honor that as we move forward. But we also know, Lord, that you want to honor your servants. The servants who came, they may have been tired. They came. They may have had stuff going on in their personal lives. They came. After working a long day, they came. And they were used by you. And, Lord, you are so pleased with them. And now you say increase over their lives. And may they come back with testimony of increase over their lives. Increase of how you're using them, but even more so in their personal lives, Lord. The places in their heart, Lord. Those desires of their heart, Lord, that you know about, Father. As they ask for that, Lord, you're going to bestow, you're going to give them those things. Lord, we thank you, Father. Lord, we thank you for the privilege of being called by you. We thank you for the privilege of being anointed by you. We thank you for the privilege of being your hands and your feet to people, to the broken, to the needy, to the ones that are that are the servants of the Lord and the nations that need encouragement. We thank you, Lord, for that privilege over this house. In your name, amen. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. It's time for announcements. Come on up, Michael. Morning, good morning. What was that? <laughs> good morning, Crossroads. The Bible says, better is one day in his courts than thousands elsewhere. Amen. Welcome everybody here today, uh, especially our visitors. If we have any visitors, we just want to welcome you. Uh, there's information cards on the back of the pews. If you can fill those out, and it's just to get a, a daily emails or uh, even know what's going on with the church. Uh, summer events. We have summer events. We have a lot going on, a lot going on this summer. Um, if you want a list of events that's going on, um, they have them in the foyer over there. Um, just go ahead and grab yours. Weekly e-newsletters. If you're not signed up, send us your email. You can write them back. 
write them on the back of those cards there. Um, put them in the offering basket. Um, it's good to, to, to know what's going on here, amen, so that we can get involved. There's many gathering opportunities. Um, I mean, there's from the men and women, um, the youth on Wednesday nights. I know, I think this is the last Wednesday they're going to be getting together until September. Um, the youth will still continue to, to meet, um, but there's there's hiking, there's Tuesday night basketball, there's um, all kinds of stuff going on. Um, Monday night ladies hike. Amen. There, I think Sarita's heading this up, but if you uh, want to go for a hike on Monday evenings, um, meet here if you need a ride, if you want to carpool, 445 here. And uh, man, this is a chance for you to tell your wife to take a hike. I'm just kidding. Just kidding. My wife's not here, so. <laughs> Amen. This is a, a powerful, powerful time. I encourage you, if, if you haven't done it, if if, if you need a, a refreshing, if you just need it deeper, sign up for it. Sign up for it. You know, it, it brings about uh, healing, deliverance, salvation. I mean, it, it's awesome what the Holy Spirit does. And it has nothing to do with the people praying for you. It has everything to do with the Holy Spirit and the Spirit ministering to you. Amen. Um, next week, we have 4th of July. Next Sunday, we're having a 4th of July celebration. Um, ice cream. Who loves ice cream? I love ice cream. I'm sure everybody loves ice cream. So we have um, an ice cream truck that is going to be coming um, for both services. So come uh, uh, come ready. Bring your change. <laughs> bring your dollar bills. Amen. Next Sunday is also baby dedications. God is increasing in this house, and there's even more, more, and more, I believe it. Um, so if you want to get your baby dedicated or um, sign up, I'm sure um, you can let Pastor David, we have two right now. Amen. Also, if you miss sermons, um, if you're not here or, or just um, want to listen to something that you heard that God was ministering to you again, um, we have sermons online you can listen on spotify or apple podcast um now it's going to lead me into our missionaries rakesh and nana rakesh and nana sharma in nepal amen we can keep them in prayer they're church planners they need all the support that they can get amen um pray for pray for that nation pray for nepal pray for india um it's still getting hit hard what's going on the pandemic and things going on over there so keep them in your prayers um, i encourage you support them it's not just them you're supporting you're supporting the kingdom you're supporting the advancement amen um, with that it's going to lead us into offering father we just we just thank you father for what you're doing in this house Lord, we thank you that the increase father god that you bring in here father it overflows father god and Lord, we believe that it is flowing down right now, Father God, to those um, that need it, Father God. Lord, that whoever steps in these doors, I, I pray increase, Father God, spiritually, Father God, financially, Father God. And Lord, that your your finances, Father God, Lord, would, would set out would take what you called them to do, Father, in Jesus' name. Please. 
no place I'd rather be than here in your love, here in your love. So set a fire down in my soul that I can't contain, that I can't control. I want more of you, God. I want more of you, God. Amen. Give it up for our worshipers. Aren't they great? You guys are doing a great job. I tell you, God is so good. You know that? We've taken the offering, right? All right, let me tell you how God, how God is so good to us. On, fr on Thursday, we had a board meeting. You know, the board is the people that you've elected to serve the church. And tomorrow morning, they're processing the final payment on the mortgage of this building. And I want to tell you that because I was just sitting here during service, and I just did a real quick calculation. When we came here nine years ago, and Quinn and who else was on the board then? Uh, Quinn, and I think you're the only one that's here that was on the board. Uh, the rest of us all were scared away, right? Uh, Danny Benz was on it as well. Uh, the church had a real hard time financially. And one of the things that God wanted to do is God wanted to speak faith because I believe the very area in your life that you struggle with is the very anointing God wants to release through your life. And I did a quick calculation, and what we've done on this property, we've spent $1.2 million dollars in renovations that we've paid cash for and in giving that we've given to the nations and I want to tell you something I want to tell you that because God is faithful you know what was it five years ago four or five years ago the Lord spoke to us about giving a double portion of our tithe five, six years ago and what he told us to do is he said if you will tithe 20% I will bless the house that you serve and I want to tell you God is faithful and I want to tell you that God wants you to take him at his word. You know, the word says that he will bless those that bless him. The word says that he can do all, you can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens you. The word tells us that there is no sickness or disease that he can't heal. And I want to challenge us as people because, you know, as people of the kingdom of God, as people of the spirit of God, we need to be at a different level than everyone around us. You know, we, we are called, you are called as sons and daughters of the Most High God. You are joint heirs with Christ. That means the very same blessing that is available, that was available to Jesus is available to you. The same spirit that rose Christ Jesus from the dead lives in you. I mean, come on, think about that. Think about how, how powerful that is. You know, when we talk about taking someone at their word, their word basically means whatever I tell you is going to happen. If you go to a, a, a business and the person says to you, hey, I'm going to give it to you for this price, when you walk out of there, you have an assurance that that's the price they're going to give it to you. Let me tell you, a lot of believers are not taking God at the power of His Word. We're taking Him, we're, we've diminished God to this small little box that He's boxed in, and what He wants to do is He wants to challenge us as people of the Spirit to move into the realms of the Spirit that He's called us to live in. And so I want to talk to you this morning about that. I want to talk to you about what does it mean to be people who are really walking in the Spirit. You know, there's a couple stories in Scripture that I want to look at. The first one is found in the book of uh, uh, Numbers, and it's a story of a prophet 
who, you know, in, in the Old Testament you had prophets that were true prophets and false prophets. And in the Old Testament there's a story of a king, a king who's from the, the land of Moab, not Utah, but uh, in the Middle East, the Moab. And he was a king who was a uh, coming against the children of Israel. And when he came against the children of Israel, he heard about this man, this prophet named Balaam. And Balaam was not a, a, a righteous prophet. He was a very unrighteous man. He would, he would prophesy for money. Let me tell you, anytime someone wants to prophesy over you and they want you to give them money for it, it's witchcraft. All right? We don't minister to people for money. We minister to, for people because of the Spirit of the Lord. And so the king goes to this prophet and says to him, I, I, wanna, I want you to, to come and I want you to speak a, a, a curse over Israel. And he doesn't do it. He comes a second time, the king comes to him, and a third time. And finally on the third time, Balaam decides he, he's going to go and inquire of the Lord. And it's interesting, you all know the story. If you don't know the story, it's a really funny story in, in Numbers chapter 20, uh, 22. I don't have this, the text up here. It's a long text, but you can read it later. Where Balaam is riding on his, his donkey, and the donkey presses against the wall and crushes his leg against the wall, and he starts yelling at his donkey. And I love this. The donkey speaks back to him. Now, who is the donkey in that story? The donkey or Balaam, you know? And, and what happens, he basically tells him, why are you doing this? I've been faithful to you for all these years, and you're speaking these words of cursing over me. And so in the next chapter, in chapter 23, we see that he goes and he, he sets up seven altars to the Lord, to inquire of the Lord, which was very much a pagan culture thing. They would set up altars, uh, multiple offers to pray for, for the different gods. And Balaam sets up these altars, and it's really interesting because in the midst of his, his, his deception, in the midst of his uh, trying to speak negativity about the people of Israel, God shows up. And look what he says in Numbers chapter 23, verse 19. God is not human that he should lie, not a human being that he should change his mind. Some, some versions say repent, and basically repenting means making a 180 decision change. God doesn't do that. And he says, but look what he says. He does speak and does, then he does not act. Does he promise and not fulfill? You see, the word of the Lord, even using a dirty vessel, comes forth. And it's interesting because Balaam, even though he wanted to curse Israel, the word of the Lord came through him and overrode his deceptive prophecies. It overrode who he was as a person. Because God's word will always be true. God's word will always sustain. God's word is, is not like a, a word of a human being. How many of you ever changed your mind? Said something to someone and changed your mind, right? You know, that's not the Lord. The Lord said, like he told us, if you're faithful to give, I'll bless this house. If you're faithful to sow, I will sow even more. If you're faithful to do what I've called you to do, that you will do something powerful. You know, when we became the pastors of the church nine years ago, the Lord spoke. I remember sitting in the board meeting. Uh, D Danny was there, and, and, and we, I'm trying, was your wife there too? Or we're waiting for your wife. We're waiting for your daughter because she had a cheerleading thing. We're all sitting around, and I remember the board was all there, and I remember we said to them, if we become your pastors and we leave India, you're going to have a strong connection with that nation because God is not going to take us out of an area where it's 1% Christian and bring us here. 
and look what God's done. I want to tell you, God is faithful. God is faithful to you if you're faithful to Him. Now, if you go and keep reading the Old Testament, you'll come to the book of Isaiah. Isaiah was a righteous prophet. Unlike Balaam, who was unrighteous, uh, Isaiah was very righteous. And if you look at Isaiah chapter 55, verse 11, there's a, a passage of Scripture in there that speaks to this very same thing. Listen to what it says. It says in Isaiah 55, 11, So is my word that goes out of my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. Do you know God's word wants to achieve the purpose, not just in the realms of the spirit, but in your personal lives, in your families, in your situations, in the things that you're praying for. God's word wants to overcome those situations and speak life into them. God's word is powerful. And one of the things that you and I need to do is we need to learn to trust in what the word of God says. What does the word say about you? Not what people say about you. Not what your family says about you, not what your doctor says about you, not what your employer says about you, not what your spouse says about you, not what your friends say about you. What does the Word of God say about you? It says you've been fearfully and wonderfully made. It says that you've been created in His image and likeness. It says that the same Spirit that rose Jesus from the dead dwells in you. It says that you can do all things through Christ Jesus. It speaks life to you. It doesn't speak death, you know? Friday night when we got home, I, 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 we got to the house, and usually Pastor Lynn goes to sleep way before me, hours before me. I tell you, I, I was, I was, I, we got home, I walked upstairs, and I, I did a Proverbs chapter 3, verse 24. Sleep of the righteous is sweet. I don't even remember going to sleep. I don't even remember putting my head on the pillow. And I got up yesterday morning, and I said to my wife, I said, wow, something happened in the spirit realm last night, you know? With the sons of thunder. Man, if you missed it, you got to watch it online. We had the M&Ms, I call them. <laughs> Michael, Nick, and, and Matthew, you know. We had the, the three sons of thunder. The Bible had two, we had three. Because there's more than enough, right? And they did a great job. But I tell you, something shifted in the spirit realm in this church last night. Or Friday night. It was just, you could just sense it. And I remember talking to the director of Teen Challenge. He was leaving. He had tears streaming down his face. He says, God did something tonight that was supernatural. And let me tell you, I tell you that because when we shift, there's a newness. And you can't keep, like, one foot back here, you know? It's, it's not like two boats drifting apart and you're going to be able to do a full split. None of you are Jean-Claude Van Damme. You can't go out like this. You know, God wants you to take the step into the new season. And one of the things that God wants to do is He wants to stir us, our faith, in such a way that we believe His Word. You know, if you look into the New Testament, in the New Testament, the book of Romans, there's a powerful passage in chapter 4. In chapter 4, verse 20 and 21, it says these words. This is talking about Abraham. And it says, And yet he, Abraham, referring to him, okay, did not waver through unbelief regarding the promises of God. He, but he was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God, being fully, listen, being fully persuaded that God had the, had the power to do what he had promised. How many of you believe God has the promise or the power to do what he's promised you? How many of you believe that God can do exceedingly abundantly above what you, you could imagine or ask? You know, I know you guys all have crazy wild imaginations for what he wants to do, right? Well, how about doing exceedingly above, above that? So much more that you're just like, you. I can't understand it. 
Now, if you look at the Abrahamic blessing or the covenant of Abraham in the New Test or the Old Testament, in Genesis chapter 12, I don't have the verses up here. If you want to look at it later, you can read it. In Genesis chapter 12, verses 1, 2, and 3, it spells out the blessing of Abraham. It's a three-part blessing. He says that I will bless your, your, your land. I will give you a land. I will bless the land that you're about to have. Not only will I bless your land, but I'll also bless your descendants. And then he says to him, I will also be a blessing through your lineage to bring salvation and deliverance to all people. Now think about that. God wants to bless you. He wants to bless your family. He wants to bless your descendants. He wants to give you an inheritance. He wants to bless the family that you have and the people that you're a part of. He wants to bless that. Not only does he want to do that, he wants to bless all of the land that you live in and everywhere you go he wants your, you to walk in blessing he wants you to be a person that takes the presence of the lord everywhere you go you know some of you say well you you don't understand my workplace yeah 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 i do i worked i worked for years outside the church i i pastored and i did work outside the church i've worked in some environments like that you know what god wants to do god wants to use you to take his spirit there God wants to use you to take the presence of the Lord. He wants you to be a priest or a, or, or a person that walks in the anointing. And when you walk into a room, you change it. And then he says this, and I love this. He wants you to be the person that speaks and brings salvation to those around you. You know? I remember years ago, someone said, Oh, Pastor, you need to come to my business and pray for my business. I said, No, I don't. You need to do that. That's your anointing. My anointing is to get you fired up. My anointing is to speak life into you. My anointing is to speak the word over you. My anointing and, and the pastoral staff and the team here is to speak life into you so that you can go out and do the work that you're called to do. You know, I, I'm a fire starter, okay? I start you on fire and then you go start other fires. Just don't tell the fire marshal, okay? <laughs> we're, we're doing not physical fires. We're doing spiritual fires, right? And God wants to start a fire through you. And when I was thinking about this whole thing of, of the promises that Abraham believed, why did, why did Abraham believe the promises of God? The same reason I do. Because I've lived it and he's lived it and he's seen the faithfulness of God throughout his life. You know, think about it. Think about how God has been faithful to you. Even when you haven't been faithful, God's been faithful to you. You know? Even when you were kind of like wishy-washy there, God was faithful. Even when you were kind of partially, you know, you're doing the spiritual hokey pokey, one foot in, one foot out, you know, not really sure if you're going to be into it or not. And God says, I'm still going to be faithful to you. Because God, God, His Word is truth. And what His Word says, His Word says that, that Abraham, I love this, in, in the book of Hebrews, it talks about the faith and it says, let us hold unswervingly. How many of you ever drive behind someone who's driving like this, you know? Maybe David, when your kids were learning to drive, you know, they were swerving all over the place. And, you know, you, 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 know, you want to drive straight on, right? You want to be committed to him and what he does. And he says that he will give us a hope that we profess. Because why? Because God is faithful to what he's promised. And Abraham learned that principle. And you and I can learn that principle too. That God will be faithful. And I love how it says it in the Amplified Version. Let us seize and hold tightly. You know? Do you ever grab onto something? You're about to fall over and you grab onto something. You hold it tightly. That's what God wants us to do. Hold on tightly to his promises. Why? Because look, it says that we hold tightly to the confession of our hope without wavering so that he 
who is promised is reliable and trustworthy and faithful to his word. Let me tell you something about the word of God. The word of God is the most secure thing that you and I have. The word of God is the most powerful thing that you and I could believe in. You know, I've, I've gone to people and I've listened to people and they tell me stuff. And then six months later, their whole conversation changes. You know, I've heard, I've heard employers say that to me. I've heard doctors say that to me. I've heard people say, well, you know, there's not much more I can do. Well, that's good. Because I go to a God who can do exceedingly abundantly above what I ask for. You know, hold on. Don't let your faith be shaken, but stand upon the rock. Stand upon the word of God. You know the old song, all other ground is sinking sand, on Christ the solid rock I stand. You know, you're not going to be shaken when you're on the word of God. Times change, people change, theories change, science changes, history changes, all these changes. But one thing that never changes is the faithfulness of our God. And God wants you to have that assurance. You know, in the, in the Bible, it's really interesting because the Apostle Paul... He came to faith, even though he was a very religious guy, he came to faith. And one of the things that happened, he, he says this in the, in, to the church in Corinth, in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20. He says, and no matter how many promises God has made, they are what? Yes, yes and in Christ, and through him the amen is spoken, right? So the promises of God are yes and what? Amen, which means so be it. You know, there was a scholar, a, a, a Canadian scholar, who got a better rate of exchange on how many promises he had versus the U.S., you know. But he did a study, and he, he come up with, in the, in the Word of God, there are 8,810 promises recorded. 8,810 promises recorded. Now, of those, 7,487 promises are promises made to people. That's a lot of promises. Think about that. God has promised you 7,487 promises that you could bank on. And they're not promises like, well, if the market does okay, you can get this rate. Or, oh, if you, you do this, there are promises that God says they're yes and amen. And one of the things that, that is amazing about Scripture, I love Scripture because, you know, who is the, the wisest person, according to Scripture, that has ever lived? Solomon, right? And in 1 Kings chapter 8, verse 56, this is what Solomon, the wisest person that ever lived, said. He says this, Praise be to the Lord who has given the rest to His people Israel, just as He promised. Not one, listen, not one word has failed of all the good promises God gave through his servant Moses. Not one promise, not one of those 7,487 promises God has made has failed. One of the things that you need to know is you and I could bank upon the word of God. We could bank upon how faithful God has been to us. And I want to tell you something. God's promises don't expire. You know? Do you ever go on vacation? Forget to take something out of the fridge? Get, come home and you have a science experiment in your refrigerator, you know? Do you ever do something where you grab something and it's like you grab the milk and you don't realize it's been in there for like two weeks longer than it should have been? And you open the container and you get that wafting aroma of delightful disgust? That's not the promises of God, folks. God's promises aren't expirable. They're promises where if He says it, He's going to do it. 
You've got to trust Him. You've got to put your faith in Him. You've got to believe Him. And one of the things that we need to do is we, you and I, have the assurance of the Word of God. We have the Word of God that doesn't change. We have the Word of God that we can go to and we can build our lives on and we can put our trust in and our faith in and our hope in. And what happens when you do that is your faith is activated by your actions. You know? Pastor Lynn said earlier, she said about how when you say yes, God does something. You know, it's not, it's, it's easy to say yes after you've seen it. But it takes faith to say yes before you see it. I love what Michael said on Friday night. He said how, how uh, the Lord spoke to him to say yes. And then a few days later, Pastor Lynn sends him an email saying, Hey, we're having this thing on Friday night. Would you like to speak? See, he already had his yes. He had the answer before the question was asked. And I tell you, that's faith in action. And what God wants to do is He wants to stir up your faith in a supernatural way. Because one of the things that we have to do as people of the Spirit... Let me tell you, we're not people of the flesh. You may have flesh, and the older you get, you may have more and more flesh to, to, to contend with, right? But you are first and foremost people of the Spirit. And what the Spirit has to do has to come in alignment with the Holy Spirit and in alignment with the Word of God and what the Spirit of God wants to do through us. And one of the things that we have to do is we have to realize and depend upon how faithful God is to us. And a lot of times... It's, it's, there's, a, there's a struggle that we face in the spirit versus the flesh. The flesh wants to do one thing, but your spirit needs to come in alignment with the Lord. You know, there's an interesting thing in, in Scripture. When you're reading Scripture, I don't know if you do this, but a lot of times when I'm reading the Bible, I, I, I find humor in it. And in the Gospel of Luke chapter 5, there's a story of Jesus uh, fishing, uh, Peter out fishing, and Jesus shows up and says, Hey, uh, cast your nets on the other side. Okay, so Roman, if I go to your construction company and say, you know what, you guys should be building it this way, what would you think? What does he know? He's a preacher. He doesn't know anything. He, I, I, I'm the expert in this field. Well, don't come into my area of expertise and tell me how to do it, right? Well, that's, I'm sure, what Peter must have thought. Hey, dude, I, I have been fishing my whole life. I, I'm the professional here. You're the itinerant preacher that comes around and says, cast your net. We've been out all night, dude. He's like the youth on Saturday morning, you know. They were up late, late, late Friday night and up early Saturday morning. And I'm sure they were just laying on the beach waiting for the fish to pull the line, not really excited, you know. But what he did is he says, I'm going to trust the Lord. I'm going to believe what God says, and I'm going to do what He says. And what does Scripture say happened? The net was so full, the boat almost sunk. You see, Peter, through his experience, through his actions, learned a very powerful message. And, and, and he learned a powerful message about believing what the Word of God says. Who was the Word? And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, Jesus so Jesus becomes the Word of God, lives among the disciples, speaks the Word of God to them. The disciples believe it, and then what happens? Supernatural things. Let me tell you something. In your life, if you will start grabbing hold of believing the promises God has made you, you're going to start seeing supernatural things happen. And I, I don't mean ordinary. I mean super ordinary. Things that you never thought imaginable. I told the board on, 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 on th Thursday evening, I was... I was when we first became the pastors of this church, you may not know this, but the church didn't have a really good reputation. You know that? And I would have friends of ours in the ministry call and say, are you crazy going to Morgan Hill? 
you know the history of that church? I'm like, yeah, I know the history of the church. I, I spoke here when I taught at, at Bethany. I, I know that. But, you know, God's going to do a new thing. Fast forward nine years. The very same people that told me are crazy are calling saying, hey, how do you turn a church around? How did you turn your church around? How did you guys get a church that is so, so loving and kind and gracious? And how do you have a church now that, that is doing so many things around the world? Can you tell me how to turn my church around? You see, the very people that speak smack about you will be the very people that will come to you because they're going to see you walking in the favor and blessing of the Lord. And what God wants to do is He wants to stir something up in you that you can grow in your faith to, to move in the supernatural. And that's what we see when we read through Scripture. So, so what is, when we look at this, why do we take God at His Word? What are some of the principles that you and I could pull and extract from the Word of God that will help us to understand the importance of putting our faith in Him and, and believing God's Word for what it is? I think first and foremost, you have to come back to the, the whole beginning of why we trust the Word. Because God spoke it, and it happened. Go back to creation. I don't care what... School tells you about how the world was created. You know, it was just a random conglomeration of range facts happening out there. They all came together and human life was formed. Hmm. You know, I, I believe in physics and I know the second law of thermodynamics. And the second law of thermodynamics says things tend to go towards chaos, not towards order. So there had to be a God who spoke it into being. And in Genesis chapter 1, it tells us how God spoke it all to being. The third verse of the Bible, God says, and let there be light, and there was. Boom. God spoke it. The power of His spoken word. Now let me tell you, if God's spoken word can create thousands of years ago, He can create right now. And one of the things God, God's word wants to do is it wants to create life in you. It wants to create hope in you. It wants to create the presence of the Spirit of God in you. It wants you to be able to go into a situation and see that all of those covenants, all of those agreements that God made were, were spoken from the word of God. What was the covenant to Adam about? The covenant of Adam was a restoration of fallen nature so that the very nature that, that, that humans were made for in the presence of God would be created after the fall. So when the fall came, God says, I'm going to speak through your seed, and your seed is going to bring redemption. The Word of God is powerful. And one of the things we have to grab hold on is to realize the power of His Word. That, that, that God's Word, you know, it is an eternal Word. It's not a temporary word. It's not like, well, you know, the, the date expires on, on, on July 5th. So if you don't get it by the 5th of July, you don't want it. What does Scripture say about the Word of God? It says that it's eternal. Listen to what it says here in Isaiah chapter 40. The grass withers and the flowers fail, but the Word of our God endures when? Forever. You know, I've, I've had a lot of people in my life that have told me great things they're going to do. And I'm still waiting for it. You know? I remember 28 years ago, someone telling me, oh, God's called me to go into the ministry. And I'm still waiting for Him to go into the ministry. I've had people tell me, promise me they're going to do something, and they haven't done it. But you know what? I've never had the Word of God make a promise to me that's failed. And one of the things that you and I can do, every proclamation that is in there, we need to grab hold and say, Lord, let it be yes and amen to me. Lord, let it happen in my life. Let me be a person who has faith to believe. And Lord, sometimes it's, Lord, help my unbelief. Because your unbelief is your flesh speaking. 
And you've got to get out of your flesh and into your spirit. And so what the Word of God does, when you realize that it's, it's everlasting, it never changes, one of the things that you're going to see is that the eternality of God's Word is what you can bank on. The stock market goes like this, right? The housing market goes like this. The job market goes like this. The Word of God goes like this. It keeps going forward and upward and higher. It keeps going to a place that He's going to take you. And he's, he's taking us to that place. And we need to grab hold of that and believe Him. Another thing you could look at the Word of God is that it's not dead, it's alive. And one of the beauties of the Word of God is the more you read it, the more it becomes alive to you. I don't, I don't know how it, it does it. I don't know how many times I've read through the Bible. But I tell you, every time I read it, I see something new. Every time I read it, there's some, something powerful that happens in me. The spirit of the word of God becomes part of David's spirit and connects with me and, and revitalizes me and speaks life into me. And sometimes when I'm tired and I'm weary, I just sit down and I open my Bible and I just read and I say, Lord, speak to me through your word. You know, and one of the things you need to realize, the more you're in the word, the more the word is going to be in you. You hear me? The more you're in the Word, there's, there's something about the spiritual discipline of reading the Word. Now, I'm not a legalist where it says, no, I have to read so many chapters a day. Some days I read a lot, some days I read a little. But some days when I read a little, I just, I'm reading over and over and over. You know, some of us are old enough to remember vinyl records. I know they're on a comeback now, all right? But do you remember when your, your, your vinyl record would go around, there'd be a fleck of dust on your record? And what would it do? It would skip and would keep playing the same thing over and over. Well, sometimes the Lord wants to get you in a place where you're, just, you're in a section of Scripture and you're just reading it over and over and over because He wants to get it deep down in your spirit. There's nothing wrong with that. Don't feel like, you know, oh, I have to read 500 chapters a day because what happens? Then you, feel, you fall into religion, right? But the Lord wants you in a relationship. And one of the beautiful things about the Word of God, it says, I love how it says it in Hebrew. It says the Word of God is alive and active. It's sharper than a double-edged sword. It penetrates for the dividing of the soul and the spirit, the joints and the marrows. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of your heart. You see, God's Word is alive. And when you're with it, 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 it becomes part of you. Years ago... I worked over in Livermore at a hospital. I worked in the, the, I was a buyer for the hospital when I was doing my doctoral degree. And one of the things that was fascinating is all the things you buy in a hospital. But one of the things that I thought was one of the most amazing things I ever bought was for a, a surgery that they did. We bought a small vial of coral. It was actually living coral. And they would uh, do an operation on a, a, a bone that was uh, going to be elongated. And they would actually put the living coral into the human bone and it would grow. And it would grow and it would be stronger than the bone that was in the human's body. And I thought about that, about the Word of God, how the Word of God does that. It's something you put into yourself and it makes you stronger. It makes you healthier. It makes you more vibrant. It makes you stronger than you were. Why? Because your body, I don't know about you, how many's body is wasting away? Come on, I'm looking at you. There should be more hands raised than that, you know. Our bodies waste away daily, but it says, but inwardly we're doing what? We're being renewed. How are we being renewed? We're being renewed by the Word of God. And when the Word of God is in us, it, it changes us. It changes our perspective of things. It changes how we look at people. It changes how we look at ourselves. It changes how we look at God. 
All of those things are so important to us. And what we want to do is we want to be people who understand that God is for us. And if God be for us, who can be against us? Think about it, folks. God's got some powerful things He wants to do in your life. And it all is based upon the Word of God. Another quality of God's Word and why we can trust it is because it's flawless. There is not an error in the Word of God. You know, for those of you that want to go to us with Israel next year, hopefully we'll go, right? It's been pushed back for like three years now. But one of the places we're going to go, we're going to go to Qumran. Qumran is out, it's a, on the northern part of the Dead Sea. It's on the uh, western bank of the Jordan. Up in the hills, they found scrolls, and they found the manuscript of the, of the book of, the, of Isaiah that was a thousand years older than any manuscript of Isaiah that we've had. And basically it shows the only variation is punctuation marks, you know. And, 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 and how many of you know that punctuation marks aren't necessarily spiritual, right? You know, they were actually put in. But, you know, the Word of God hasn't changed. It's consistent. And one of the things that God wants to do is God wants you to build your faith upon something that's consistent. The Word that has become flesh dwells among you. And when you spend time in the Word, one of the most beautiful things that happens is you see the perfection of God's Word. Listen to how the psalmist says it. He says, as for God, his ways are perfect. The Lord's word is flawless. He, listen, he shields all those who take refuge in him. Wow, that's a great verse for you to memorize. Psalm 18, verse 30. He shields all of those that take refuge in him. How many of you need to be shielded? How many of you have things that, you know, the enemy comes at you like with fiery darts But what happens with the Word of God? The Word of God shields you, protects you. You know, we have we one of the things we did when we we ran the the new sound system here and we're getting ready to run some new internet in the building, they use shielded cable so that there isn't interference from the outside. So there isn't static. So the things outside can't penetrate the inside. That's what God's word does for us. It it puts a, a, a foundation in us, a belief system in us that we can trust him because he is worthy of trust because he's perfect. There's no variance in him. He's consistent. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday today and forever and when you put your trust in him you don't have to worry about outside things coming i'll tell you the world's going crazy and it's getting crazier every day but the word of god is the the truth that is consistent that we put our trust in and that's why it's so important for us to do that you know the words of the lord i love how it says this in in psalm chapter 12 verse 6 it says the words of the lord are flawless how many of you like silver and gold and I see Robin smiling. She's like, Michael, that's our anniversary. More silver and gold, you know. Michael's got the silver and Robin's got the gold, right? You know. So the, it's interesting because the wording that it uses here is really interesting because it talks about the silver being the purest form of silver. Now, those of you who don't know, what is the purest form of silver? Anyone know? 0.999 silver. So, you know, you, you ever buy a ring? I remember years ago I bought a ring. I, used to, I don't wear a lot of jewelry. I I'm, I'm allergic to certain metals. I didn't realize that, you know, but I, I would put a ring on and I'd wear it for a while and all of a sudden I'd get a, a nice green hue to my skin. Why? Because I bought some cheap metal, right? It, it's silver. There's only like one particle of silver in the whole ring, you know. But the Lord's word is 0.999 silver. 
It's gold. It's 24 karat. There's no imperfections in it. The Word of God is perfect. There's nothing that can be added or subtracted from it. Nothing can be taken away. It's absolutely perfect. And one of the things that the Word of God does for you and I, and this is, this is why it's so important for us to take Him at His Word. The Word of God gives you knowledge of the things of the Spirit. The Word of God gives you an ability to understand what the Father wants to do in your life. How many of you say, God, I, I want to know what you want to do with my life? You know, what, what, what do you have for me, God? And I love it. The psalmist, one of the longest uh, chapters in the Bible, Psalm 119. In Psalm 119, the Word of God declares over you in verse 105. It says, the Word is what? It's a lamp unto our feet. Now, a lot of times we think a lamp, we're all like, you know, bigger is better. You know, we're all the, the, you know, 50 million watt halogen LED light that you could see for miles down the road, you know. Well, in the biblical times, they had polished bronze and a candle. And the light was for one step at a time. You know, the Lord wants you to take one step at a time with him. Because you know what that talks about? That talks about trusting him. It talks about having a dependence upon him. It talks about not doing it in your own way. Because, you know, there's a way that seems right to us, isn't there? And what does Scripture say about it? Its end is what? Death and destruction. But when we let the Word of God guide our steps, when we let the Word of God take us one step at a time, we're having a relationship with Him. Because remember, it's not about some form of religion. It's about having an intimate relationship with God. And He wants you to be close to Him. He wants you to walk by His side. He wants that Word to to guide you and direct you and lead you into His presence. And one of the things that will happen when you do that, you will see that that Jesus becomes more alive to you. You know, and and, and one of my favorite passages in the book of John is in chapter 1. And in in the first few verses of chapter 1, verses 1 through 5, I love what it says about who Jesus is. You know, the other Gospels, they talk about kind of what Jesus did, right? They talk about the life of Jesus and how he did his miracles and how he was born and his genealogies and his family origin and and his his time in the temple as a child when he got lost. How many of you ever lose lose a child? Anyone ever lose a child? Every time I'd lose one of my kids, I'd get back to the Bible and say, what happened to Lord Jesus? And look how he turned out, Lynn. Our kids aren't that messed up, are they? You know? But look what it says in John. John talks about intimacy with him. And in John chapter 1, verse uh, 1, it says, And in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was what? Was with God, and the Word was God. So the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And then it says, And He was, who? God in the beginning. And through Him all things were made. Without Him nothing was made that has been made. And in Him was life. And I love this. And that life was the light of all mankind. And the light shines in darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it or understand it nor overcome it. You see, something happens when we understand that Jesus was the light of the world. That when you're actually in the Word of God, you're in Jesus. And Jesus gets in you, and he has this ability to transform you, and to renew you, and strengthen you, and develop an intimacy with God that you can't have in any other way. And I love worship, don't get me wrong, but worship music isn't the Word of God. You know? There's, there's, there's a, a push, and I, I love worship. I, worship opens up our spirit to hear the Word of God, but worship in itself is not the Word of God. 
You can have words of Scripture in worship, but the Word is what sustains us. The Word is our meat, you know? And what concerns me about some, some Christians is they're, they're all big into concerts, but they're biblically illiterate, you know? I tell you, there's nothing wrong with a good worship service, but I tell you what, I want the meat of the Word. I, you know, like last Sunday, Mark Perry said to me, do you realize how much sugar's in Dad's root beer? I said, yeah, isn't it great? <laughs> you know? I said, there's, it's great, but that, you know, you drink... 10 bottles of dad's root beer and you're not going to have a lot of energy but you have a steak that's a whole different story right you know if you're vegan you have rice and beans you know it's a complete protein you know whatever you do but you need something of sustenance and that's where the word of god comes in and and i love what it says later on in the gospel of john in john chapter 14 verse 6 jesus said this he says i am the way the truth and the life no one comes to the father but except through me and then he says this later, later in chapter 17, he's in verse 17, he says, and I sanctify them by what? By the word. Look what it says. Go 17, 17. Next slide, please. It says that the word of God sanctifies you. You know what that is? That's a 50 cent way of saying I make you pure. That the word of God has the ability to purify us because when we're in his presence, we're, tra- we're transformed, we're changed. There's something happens to us. And I want to challenge us as believers that we are to be people who take the Word of God as truth. We take the Word of God as a sustenance to our life. We take the Word of God as, as everything that we need. And that's why you can depend upon the Word because the Word is eternal. The Word is flawless. It, there's no uh, change in it. It's consistent. And that's why it's really important for us to be people of the Word. I want to, I want to challenge you this morning. Create an appetite. For God's word. Create a desire to know him more. Create a desire to say, Lord, just every, this is what I do every time I open my Bible. If it's a, a paper or if I open it up on my phone, I always open it and I say these words to myself, Lord, speak to me through your word. You know, Pastor Lynn and I, we have, we've got, I don't know how many collectively years of education in the word, you know, both teachers and sitting in classrooms. But you know, there's one thing about having an education and there's another thing about having an experience education is good don't get me wrong but i tell you i'd rather be experienced in the word than be educated in it i'd rather have the intimacy of knowing the writer on a personal first name basis than what some third or fourth generation away from him scholar says this is what the word means and it's 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 important for you and i to be people of the word we are people of the book do you know actually in the quran the Quran says that Muslims should go listen to people of the book referring to Christians. So you have a religion that doesn't even have all the answers telling its followers to go follow the Christians so they can hear the word of God. Isn't that interesting? You know? And what God's word wants to do is God's word wants to speak life to you. It wants to give you freedom. It wants to give you authority. It wants to give you a, a sense of purpose. It wants to give you a, a sense of calling. And that's why we believe the Word of God. Worship team, come on up. This morning, I want to pray for us. I want to pray that we are open to the things of the Spirit in ways like we've never been before. And that comes to us through the Word of God. It comes to us by being people who say, Lord, I'm going to trust your Word. I don't care what other people say about me. I don't care what my family says about me. Lord, what does your Word say about me? What does the Word of God say who I am and what I can do. 
I don't know what your Bible says, but my Bible tells me over and over, I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. My Bible tells me that there is no sickness nor disease that he can't heal. You know, one of the reasons when we first bought all these banners wasn't just because we did a a series on the names of God. I wanted people to see the different characteristics and quality that God has. And one of the qualities that God has is he is able to restore and renew all things. How many of you need your minds renewed? How many of you need your bodies renewed? How many of you need your spiritual life revitalized? How many of you need to say, Lord, I, I, I believe, but there's times where I have unbelief. Lord, right now we just come before you in the name that is above every name. The name that every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And Father, I pray for every person in this room. I pray that, God, we would become people who are so alive of the things of the Spirit that we'd be people who take you at your word, who believe the word of God that is still, it's still powerful today. It hasn't lost any of its power. It hasn't lost any of its authority. Your word is still truth, God. And I pray that, Father, your Holy Spirit would just breathe life into us this morning. I pray, Father, that, God, there would be a transformation and a renewing of our minds as we're in Christ. I pray, Father, as we open the words of Scripture that will speak life to us. The Lord, I pray that as we open the words of Scripture and we look at the words of Scripture, that, God, those words would become sweet to our, our, our mouth, like it, it says in the Scriptures that it's like honey on our lips. It's sweet. It's a, it, it sticks to us. It's something that gives us spiritual energy and sustenance. I pray, Lord, as we draw close to you and we we fall deeper in love with you, that your word will become so much a part of our lives that that it transforms everything we do. I pray, Father, that, that it transforms our relationships and how we look at our relationships. I pray that it transforms how we look at others, Father. I pray that it transforms in how we look at ourselves, Lord. And I pray that, God, we as your people will be people who are so in love with the Word of God that it changes us in every aspect of our life. I pray that the Word of God would get deep down within our souls, deep down within our spirits, God, deep down within who we are as people, and there would be a transformation of who we are. And I pray, Father, that we can be people that accept your Word as truth. I pray that God it would not, we know that your word is not going to return to us, uh, to you void. And I pray that the word that and every promise in the word would become ours, Father, that we would walk in the knowledge and understanding that our God is a good God and he wants to bless and raise up his sons and daughters. And I pray, Father, for the release of supernatural power in us. Father, I pray this morning. That, Lord, the enemy would like to tell us that the word is compromised, the word is is flawed, that he would be silenced. And that, Lord, we would trust in the word of God above everything else. Lord, your word says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And so, Lord, I pray that we would take that word and we would embrace it powerfully and it would change us and transform us to be the spiritual men and women that you've called us to be. Now, Lord, breathe upon your sons and daughters. The Gospel of John, it says, Jesus breathed on the disciples and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. And Lord, I pray as we are in your word, your spirit would just breathe upon us. 
Fill us, Lord, to overflowing. Fill us, Father, with the presence of the Almighty. Fill us, Father, with the glory and the honor that comes from your throne, that we can walk as kings and queens among the world. Lord, help us to realize what it means to be a joint heir with Christ. Help us to walk in the authority that you've given us, Lord. Lord, help us to walk in the ability to speak to sickness and it's healed. Speak to diseases and they're healed. Speak to depression and it's healed. Lord, help us to walk with the authority of your word, the backing of your word, knowing that we can do all things through Jesus Christ who strengthens us. And Lord, we just acknowledge our need for you this morning. In Christ's name. have to have the filter of what we're receiving through the word of God 
we have to beware of the lies of the enemy because of the, the word of God will help us to identify lies out there. Do you understand what I'm saying? This is vital for us as believers to walk as muscle Christians. You have to know who you are in Christ. You have to know who God is. And you have to walk according to what his word has called you to walk according in. Pastor David and I are committed to preaching the word. Preaching the word. Some of, sometimes even maybe behind our backs we've got criticized for, wow, that was long. Or look at all that scripture or whatever. You know what? You're going to be filled with his word. When you go out here, if you take notes, you're going to be filled with his word. Because I know, Pastor David and I know, that's just what's going to sustain you. The truth of his word is going to sustain you. And more so now than ever, you've got to know his word. You've got to know his word. And the Lord has given to you his word so that you can walk in that authority. And so, you know what? I'm, I'm going to pray over us that we would be people that, that we have a commitment to the word of God in such a way that, that it is the filter for our lives. It's a filter. Some of us, well, I don't like that scripture. I don't like what that verse is. I don't like, you know, it's like, well, too bad. It's a filter for our lives. It cleans us up. It makes us holy. It gives us power and authority. We combat the enemy. He's under our feet because of the word of God. No temptation can destroy you or overtake you. Why? Because of the word of God. You just fight that temptation with his word like Jesus did. All right, let's pray. Father, right now we just um, make that commitment. Some of you may say, you know what? I'm not in his word daily. And the Lord is saying, you know what? I want you to make that commitment to me. You need to be in his word. You know what? The Lord is just saying you need to commit some of us in this room we're up and down up and down up and down in our walk with the lord down in the depths and despair and then we kind of get and it's it's a very pendulum swing thing and it creates instability and and my word is a lamp unto your feet a light unto your path it causes you to walk steady the lord doesn't want the up and down up and down he wants you to be steady to be steadfast because of his word the Lord wants you to be in his word. Lord, we're going to commit to being in your word. We're going to make your word the priority in our life, in our daily life. If that means we need to turn off the television, turn off our computer laptop, turn off our cell phone. Come on, we've got a list here nowadays. <laughs> turn off this, turn off that. You have time to be in his word, by the way. You have time to be in his word. If that means you put it by your breakfast or your coffee, you get your coffee, whatever it means, make a commitment right now to be in his word. You're not going to be a person who's deceived by the world. You're going to walk in his word. Lord, we commit to walking in your word with that lamp to our feet to steady us, Lord. We commit to that, Father. This is your meat for our life. Lord, we commit to that, Father. We submit to your word. We, the word is not underneath us. 
the word is what we submit to. We submit to your word, Lord Jesus. Your word changes us. Your word transforms us. Your word heals us. Your word frees us. Your word gives us revelation of our identity. Your word is truth. Your word sanctifies us. It cleans us up. Lord, we thank you, Father, for your word, your precious name. Amen. God bless you as you go. Just want to remind you, if you do struggle with having consistent devotions and just consistent time in the word, Pastor David gives an email out for the book for uh, a devotional and you can do fill to the brim. Both of those are packed with God's word. God bless you as you go. Let the glory 